conspires to make me the punchiest I can possibly be. <laughs> Delicious. I had so many terrible human interactions today. Uh, I got harassed by a man for a solid 15 minutes at work today. I had oh, to kick yeah. him out of the store. Um, really? He said I was mean. <laughs> 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 and that I was bad at my job because I didn't want to be his friend. And I said, they're like, well, he's like, well, you know, they pay they pay you to be nice to me. I was like, listen, my bosses, they do not. <laughs> oh, I would yeah. kick his ass out in two fucking seconds. Yeah. It was great. It was a good time for me. And then I had some joker call and ask if we sold first edition hardcover copies of The Prisoner of Azkaban. And oh, I'm going to be honest with you, the more I talk to him, the more I came to understand that I don't think this man knows what first edition means. Because um, he asked if the, if, because I said, we have like, are you looking for like, like the first, edi- like, what do you, like, we have the, we, the, what do you, what are you looking, we might have the paperbacks of the like <laughs> 5,000th edition. And he was like, well, like, what's the difference? And I was like, what do you mean? What's the difference? Oh, buddy. Anyway, I thought I was having a fucking aneurysm. It was real bad. And then the day proceeded at that that pace and cadence and general flybore. So I'm feeling the guy. Today. The guy who wants signed copies of all the books is back. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So listeners, so you, just so you know, there is a certain type of scammer who... This is actually, interestingly enough, this is a pro- real problem in my world of, like, self-published, like, monster romance, paranormal oh, romance stuff. Oh, Is that people are buying up, like, specialty book boxes. Like, my friend uh, CMS Costa, she does specialty book boxes that you can buy very cheaply, actually, through her Etsy. Um, people are reselling for, like, $300 on uh, yeah. Macari. Um, which is oh, just outrageous for so many reasons, but, like... Like, not least of which is you can get them for $25 um, indefinitely in Etsy. They're not rare. Um, and, like, the rarer they are, obviously, the more they go up in price. So there are people who, who just buy these things to resell them, obviously. Which is why I insist on customizing my personalizations to the person I am signing them to if I if I can get away with that. Because it's harder to resell a book customized to Caitlin. Yes, um, it is. However, there is a, there is a much broader sort of industry around uh, a scam industry, if you will, of people who buy and sell signed copies of like bestsellers, you know, like the normal stuff that we're all used to. Um, You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, Bono's book, these things, which I don't think people, (laughs) if people realize really, if they took a second to like, you know, I don't know do a little bit of research on how signed books are done in the industry, like at that level. This is normally, Bono's not sitting there signing only a very select number 
of hardcover editions at his publisher's insistence. He's not signing a hundred books. This bitch is signing 3,000 tip-in pages that are not even bound into the books Mm-mm. yet. He's signing Mm-mm. paper orphaned from book that will then be put in book. Okay? He's not even touching your fucking hardcover. Okay? So there are these people who will then come into our store, send emails to our store, and be like, hey, I'm just wondering, like, are you going to get any of the hardcover signed editions of Bono's book or whatever that's coming out this last year? And when we say yes, of course, you know, we can sell you one. You make an order through our website. Then, suspiciously, they'll order 10. Now, no fucking buddy wants 10 copies of Bono's book. No, no one. one. No one. No one. They always say stuff like, oh, like, you know, I would love to get some for my cousins and my family. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's just for my friends. No one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Place. (laughs) We had, we had a guy last year try to do this, obviously, with Bono's book. Notoriously, this, this gentleman. And he ended up sort of begging us at a certain point where he was just like, can I at least get one? Yeah, he was. Um, which was hilarious. Uh, we, we said no. Because, um. We're mean. <laughs> but We're so mean. We don't want to be friends this, with anyone. <laughs> it's been a year since then, pretty much, or, or thereabouts, because it's around the holidays last year. And lo and behold, just this past week, we get an email to, to our store, and he's, this person is like, are you going to be getting any signed copies of, and there were the falls, like, dad bestseller nonfiction celebrity books it was arnold schwarzenegger it was the fucking one of this musician guy from like i want to say it's blink 182 it's not that it's the it's rush no it's uh, something getty and uh, sir patrick stewart also has one coming out Yes. Dad books. The things you get your father when you don't like your father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm a great bookseller. <laughs> you really drive sales. We appreciate it. Listen, I can take I can take the barometer. When you come into the bookstore on the holidays and you say, I need to get a gift for my dad. I don't know what to get. I can tell by looking into your human eyes within a second whether you like him or not. And I know which books to give you. <laughs> this is true it's not that hard when people are desperate for presents it's just it's really it's not. an easy read yeah mm-hmm. mm. anyway it's the same fucking guy he thought we wouldn't remember we're like a six-person staff we remember <laughs> we remember everything so sorry uh okay so listen cat listen Today, we we were going to talk about, not the thing you thought we were going to talk about. Listeners, just so you know, Kat wants me to do an ABO episode with her, which I don't think she's emotionally, physically, or psychically prepared for. <laughs> I just um, learned about it, so I want to know more about it. Yeah. But I can give I've you some warned. recs and you can read some and then we can talk about it. How about that? How about that? <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Because I think you'll have some questions. And you might like it. I, here's the deal. As a side tangent here, just as a side note here, I I am so I have been so thoroughly desensitized to ABO. It was very shocking to me the first time I read it as fan fiction. It was very shocking. And then I have now I had a moment where I realized recently that I don't even I don't even notice when I'm reading it anymore. It literally makes no impression on me. I read it like I would read any fucking book. I'm like, oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, so this is just he's you know he's he's an alpha and he's got a fucking crazy ass dick. Oh, he's got two. Okay, that's a little bit different, I suppose. But the rest of it is pretty normal. Oh yeah, I know all of this. Yeah, this is not a big deal. It's like I in the same way that I know what the vampire mythos is and can kind of carry that through to every book that I read that has okay. a vampire in it. By golly, I am inured. I am vaccinated <laughs> to ABO. It cannot shock me anymore. Anyway, so I actually... I'm like there with it. I got an interest in it because um, I uh, was reading a description for a manga I was going to bring in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you, that shit hits different when it's visual. <laughs> yes, I have learned to be very careful about my manga selections. Very just, careful. It's just it hits it just hits different that's all but we were not talking about that today okay no, no, we're not talking no, about no, the, that today. none of that none of that we will circle back to that we are actually not even gonna probably talk about the thing that i planned on talking to you about today um things okay. have changed and fate has intervened because oh, i my original plan was because today um or this weekend i should say we announced that uh we're doing an event with yours truly and several other really cool authors. Um, and I got to thinking about how often authors come into my inbox asking, like, how the hell to do events with with bookstores and, like, what's normal Ooh. and what best practices are. That was what we were going to talk today about. Oh. About today. Today about. And we were. <laughs> we were. Uh-oh. And then some news broke. <laughs> Uh-oh. This is horrifying. What could so, make Kat, you change? Do you remember what we talked about last time we were together? What we talked about the last few times we were together? Oh, the publishing industry. Uh-huh. And said shenanigans. Specifically, PRH. Specifically, PRH acquiring whomst. Uh, Simon, but that is no longer. Oh, it's no longer... But Simon & Schuster has been bought as of today. <gasps> no way. Missed it? Who? Yeah. By? Who? KKR. Who is KKR, you ask? Abigail, who is KKR? Can't tell me. Do you like Oreos? Oh, no. Do you like... The 90s? I mean, I should Specifically, a certain tall giraffe who existed in the 90s as a mascot for a certain store that recently was sold for parts like so much viscera. It was? It's no longer? It's no longer. Mm, that's sad. And tell me one more. Tell me, do you like food deserts and exploitation of poverty? Yes, I do. They're my favorite. How did you know? Do you like Dollar General? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> it acquired some weird yeah. companies. Right, one one stop right, shop okay. for all of your needs. Are we ready to be mad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're ready. We're ready. Okay. 
Okay, so the news leaked, you could say, in, uh, Jul- I think it was July 15th, that there were talks happening uh, for Simon Schuster to be acquired, which, old fucking news. As we on this podcast know, if you've listened to anything in the past like year or so, um, I believe we did our first episode on it. Oh, I don't even fucking remember. Doesn't matter. Anyway. God, was that last year? Last year, definitely. Maybe November. But it's been it's been years. Simon has been it's wanting been to be bought for years. They've been trying to be bought for years. And then, surprise, PRH came in. Penguin Random House came in and offered a really juicy deal. More than than they were worth. Um, to to buy uh, Simon Schuster. A monopoly? Uh, no. Yeah, no one, no one thought they'd actually try and buy them for that much because it was like way over the sale price should have been. Um, but then uh, it became the concern was that by doing that they would create a monopoly in the in the uh, publishing industry, which was absolutely true. It went to trial. It was this huge, very, very, extremely embarrassing thing that ended up costing the CEO of uh, Penguin Random House's job. And that's speculation, um, but. but- well, allegedly, he, he stepped down allegedly. very quickly, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Um, he, after some extremely embarrassing testimony uh, where he said that the reason it's called Random House is because publishing is so random and that he thinks of his editors as angels who grant blessings to, <laughs> to, uh, to his to his authors. Yeah, it's uh, never not going to be funny to me. It's never not going to be just absolutely gut busting hilarious. Also, because um, like. Most authors are great, but there are a lot that are no angels. No. And also, yeah, most of these people also can't afford to be authors full time because you don't actually pay them what they're worth. You pay the big the big boys and that's about it. Mm-mm. Anyway. Um, and also that you treat these people, you're calling these people your angels when you can't even give them a living wage themselves. Anyway. This is true. Um, so it was really embarrassing. There was a pr- absolute embarrassment of uh authors who were like huge names like uh stephen king who got up and testified against the merger the the um decision handed down by judge fawn was absolutely withering just completely just tore them to fucking shreds it was great it was a beautiful re- beautiful cathartic read it was it was stunning i, I want to paper my my bedroom with it um it was wonderful but basically um they she, it wasn't she didn't say that Simon Schuster couldn't be sold right she just said Simon Schuster could not be sold to Penguin Random House because they would control one third of the entire world's publishing industry at that point um, it just, it wasn't, not something you can do in the United States. Sorry. Uh, thank you, Roosevelt. <laughs> um, and, uh, I just remembered that I have my textbook that explains that, uh, the anti-monopoly laws. And I could have brought that with me and I could have looked through my textbook and I didn't. That's a missed opportunity. I'll have to do that later. Because why keep it if you can't? look through it and be like look what i remembered and how smart i am sometimes i do just like to read textbooks but that's because i'm broken i mean the weird shit you order from the store i'm like i cannot (laughs) believe she wants this is this because of that book about the horses in iceland that i just ordered oh my god (laughs) i forgot about that one (laughs) 
<laughs> I have I have a I have a weird book for you if you want horses in Iceland. Apparently it's actually a theme. Well, I just it's because I just I really like that author and I couldn't get I just couldn't I know she doesn't have audiobooks. Um anyway, okay. So basically Simon Schuster is a lame duck. Despite the fact that they're making record profits this year, um, which you can, depending on who you're you're reading from, Publishers Weekly basically was like, they've made like 1.2, I think, uh, billion dollars this past year. Um, they've been doing very well, um, all things considered, but they're still desperate to be sold. I'm, I haven't seen an adequate reason <laughs> For that, uh, besides the fact that they are owned by Paramount, uh, the the media empire Paramount. And Paramount basically has been saying, listen, we want to focus on making visual and audio media and the books don't like isn't really part of our brand. So they bought Simon & Schuster and then realized that, no, actually, we don't want Simon & Schuster, Um, despite the fact that they've made record profits. But record profits in publishing for them is not probably what record profit profits is in the other sides of the entertainment industry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. For them, it's, it's like it's, not, it's peanuts. Yeah, exactly. So not worth the effort, especially after the really embarrassing um, sale fell through with PRH. So there was a lot of speculation that uh, HarperCollins was going to try and buy Simon & Schuster. Um, and they just bought like three smaller publishers though. They got their funds tied up. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. When, when, uh, Harper Collins made like a statement recently that kind of was about like the state of Harper Collins's financial situation and stuff. They were like, we're trying to reduce our like physical pro- footprint and we're trying to like reduce costs and everything. So yeah, I don't think Harper Collins is really in the place to even want Simon Schuster at this point. Although they were in the front runner, they did put in a bid apparently to, to buy it, but it was a low ball. So mind you, I believe I'm going to fact check this right now, but I believe PRH is, Initial bid, the one that bought them, Simon and Schuster, and then unbought it <laughs> later. Um, you see, I believe it was two point two billion dollars. Uh, I think. Yes, two point two billion doll hairs. Uh, which uh-huh. is a lot of fucking money, which was way over asking price. Um, and also what people like speculated that Simon & Schuster was worth. <laughs> um, do you want to know how much it sold to KKR for? Oh, I do. Okay, it has to be less. There's no way after mm-hmm. all of this that it could be. Mm-hmm. You want to you take, take a gander? Maybe like a... Like one billion? Half? Uh it was one point six. Wow. That's so much less. That's so much less. Wow. That's about what they made this year. Well, that's what the publishing industry does best for everyone but the higher ups. You just break even. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. You break even. Um, and this came as a complete surprise. So the, like I said, the news kind of leaked July 15th. 
Um, and the, but no one really. But there was no, no one... like this is who bought them yet. No, there there was basically it was rumored that here are the front runners who are bidding. The bids are due by mid July, and the the winner will probably be announced at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has proven relatively true. It's early August, and and they just announced it today. Um, no one I think really thought that KKR would win. Everyone thought it was going to be Harper Collins. Um, and honestly, no one's really paying fucking attention. We've had a lot going on. They announced that aliens are real recently, and like no one is really. Schuster. <laughs> yeah, like I no one cares. No one cares about anything anymore. Um, least of all fucking Simon Schuster. And like their status. No, yeah. <laughs> biographies. Um, but again. It was announced today. So the, the front runners were KKR, HarperCollins, and this like Saudi backed equity firm that like was wild. Um and 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 they obviously didn't win. Um they were like they put in a bid of like 1.2 billion or something like that. Interesting. Oh, which is hilarious to me because <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they oh penguin ran them out. 2.2 billion. 2.2 billion for a big what? random house. Ouchie. 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 I mean, calculate all the assets and then I don't know how that works. Um, here's the deal. Kat, do you have any questions? Like, do you, what do you, like, what do you, what are you thinking now? Like, what are you wondering about now? Maybe. I'm, I'm honestly wondering about what they're going to start publishing because of this. Cause you know, daddy companies always have an idea of what, once they buy something, they're not like, okay, be free little birdie, do whatever you do best. They're going to be like, Oh my God, this is what you should do. That's going to be great. So that's, that's a not, not an unreasonable thing to think, except who is KKR? Who are they? KKR is no one. KKR. Wait, corporations are people, Abigail? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is legally. Legally speaking, it is a it is a an entity for sure. But I would say it is an entity with. It's a multicellular entity with no main brain or goals besides continuing its own existence. Because what it is, is a venture capital equity firm that buys up failing companies. Oh, no. Quote, unquote, fixes them and turns them for a profit by selling them to somebody else oh you're right it's not a person it's a giant machine exactly it doesn't exist it's not how are they gonna make a profit how are they are are they gonna change books that are being published no because they probably don't give a shit they probably don't know anything about or care about publishing books because that's not what they're gonna think about what they're gonna think about is where they can cut costs so they can make it a technically more profitable company and then sell it for parts Ooh, it's grim, buddy. It's it's grim. We're in the organ harvesters uh, layer at the moment is where we are, okay? It is... It's going to get ripped so, apart. It's it's probably going to get ripped apart because 
they are going to look at every portion of it that's not making money and they're going to say, right, cut that. Yeah. And they're not, they don't care about making it a feasible publishing house. They don't care about that. They're only trying to get their money's worth and turning it over. They're, they're house flippers. So they're going to gut it. They're going to put some fucking linoleum on the floor. They're going to put some shiplap on the walls. And they're going to paint it fucking ugly ass gentrified gray on the outside. And then they're going to sell it for half a million dollars. Like, this is not... <laughs> like, I just want to drink now. Yeah, that's why I said you needed a drink today. That's why I said that. That's so brutal. I, I mean, these imprints... PRH didn't buy Simon & Schuster, but it doesn't mean it's not going to buy its imprints. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if it's a conspiracy, allegedly. I didn't say this. Mm. I mean, I don't think so. I think it's it's an honest scam. I think it's an honest American scam. Love it. This is what we do. So these people, after some cursory research, I discovered that these are people who are most famous for purchasing Nabisco. Oh, Nabisco. So fun. Dollar General in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Is Dollar General even around still? Uh, I think so, yeah, but they've been sold to several different people since then. I Again, I wonder why. Um, and most recently, Toys R Us. Which famously was bought and then stripped for its fucking parts and filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy as soon as they were no longer in control. I totally forgot about that. Because basically what they do is instead of... um, So, okay. So I looked into the process of this and it's just as awful as you might expect. It's a bunch of um, companies get together. They make this firm. They're all kind of under one umbrella. They then go to a bank and they say, we want a loan for this much. And then they take that loan and they buy whatever company they're trying to buy. And then they try and flip the company to make a profit by selling it to somebody else, right? Um, And what they do, though, after they then sold the company is they have not done anything to actually improve the company, mind you. They have just done enough to, on paper, make the company seem worth more. So they have cut costs. They have slash and burn until the company itself is like a hollow shell. Um, It is not a functional company anymore. And then also they're not investing money like you do when you're actually trying to run a business. You run at a deficit because you are investing your money into improvements that will then pay out over time, right? You're doing new things. You're, you're, you're paying your employees. You're doing all the stuff that in the moment isn't going to make you money and is going to put you in the red. But hopefully that money comes back to you in new and interesting ways and your business is better off for it because you're getting revenue from different areas, right? Well, they're not interested in that. Why would they be? They're just going to be selling it off. Oh, fuck that. We're not going to innovate. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to invest in anything because they're not they're not investing in the future. So then what happens when the company is then sold to whoever Chump just bought it, right? Well, that company is now saddled with an incredible amount of debt because there's that company has been gutted. So then it either falls apart, is sold for parts, or it files for bankruptcy. This is going to be crazy. 
I don't know what, what's gonna why? I mean, there's no way it's gonna stay intact. With the amount of imprints that get flipped around so often anyway, I can't imagine. So I went looking today um, for the imprints at Simon & Schuster. Um, they've been systematically shutting down imprints for a while. Yeah, they have. Um, which is not unusual. We talked a lot about that um, in the last uh, episode of this. Um, but it definitely... I mean, but usually as soon as they shut down one imprint, they make a new one because it's a constantly shifting nonsensical landscape where they're trying to make money and rebrand, right? Um, <laughs> they ha- some, yeah, so much rebranding. It's just shuffling editors around. <laughs> it's all the same constantly. people. <laughs> yeah. There's only like usually per uh, per big publishing house, there's usually only like five or six maybe that stick around for decades that you yeah. would be able to recognize as a consumer if you saw it like um viking and you know all those places and in, in uh candlewick things like that right um uh but that being said simon schuster has been systematically shutting down imprints and not replacing them if you go and look at simon schuster's website and you look at their imprints there's not a lot there's not a lot. What they have is pretty big names. Like they have Stephen King and they have Lisa C and like they have they get all these fucking stupid ass biographies about like Mike Pence and shit. Um They do. They they have a, they, a big audience for that. And they do have, I mean, they pull names that people most people would recognize, um, that, you know, aren't that. But like, you know, there's there's some big name authors there. Um, they're not nothing. But it is interesting that they've already shut down so many imprints. I I was looking at it, and the people who take the biggest hits are nonfiction and literary fiction. Yeah. Um, the rest, like, they don't have the, like, pocketbooks. They used to publish a bunch of romance novels through pocketbooks. Cressley Cole was initially published through pocketbooks. Yeah. Um, not anymore. doesn't exist anymore. Um, which is sad because they had a cute little kangaroo logo. Like you put the book in the pocket of the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and there, a lot of them, like there really aren't that many anymore. And the ones they do have are very small. So it's, I, it's going to be, it's going to be fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. I don't, I mean, I can't, I'm like trying to think of where some of these imprints might go. And really how to keep it together, you know, like these big publishers, they have so many different like departments under them. I'm kind of wondering, so Simon has a couple of like very conservative leaning, Mm. uh, like I don't really give a fuck who you are. I'm going to publish your book anyway. Usually if you see a if you see a new book come out and you're like, why did who would give that man a publishing deal? It's usually Simon. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, almost it's always true. Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah they've sorry, kind of Simon, that but market. They really have. Yeah. They publish um, the other stuff too, but they're the people who will also publish that guy. You know, when like a publisher is like, I'm gonna step away from this author and we're gonna break ties and we do not condone what they have written, Simon's there to pick that up. Yep. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
they want that fucking <laughs> coin. I, <laughs> I just, I'm so surprised yeah. how, like I said, I'm not, I don't think that the book industry in general, like, there is money involved. We know there's money. We know we can make money. It's just most people who work in that industry don't see it. Yeah. How did Paramount mismanage them so bad, though, that they're at the place where they're going to be chop-chopped? Because here's the deal. This is this is a symptom of a much bigger issue. This idea that there is exponential growth in entertainment. There is not. There's not yeah. exponential growth in any industry. It doesn't exist. It simply doesn't. And it matters like books... Where, like, you really fucking cannot tell what's going to make anybody any money. And you have to be putting out things constantly. It's not like you can get away with doing four or five blockbusters a year, right? And put all your money in those and know that they're going to do probably pretty okay, right? No, no, no. You have to be publishing hundreds of books a year. And then you also have to keep in circulation thousands more, right? There is not that much room for making profit there because you are constantly gambling in tiny increments every single day in publishing um and sometimes you'll get really big deals but those deals are few and far between the person cited most in these articles about why sam schuster has made so much money in the past year colleen hoover yeah no one could have expected colleen hoover to take off like she did colleen hoover didn't expect herself to take off like she did seriously you can't bet on that. In that instance, what's his face from from uh, PRH was right. It is random. Not the reason his fucking company is named that, but it is random. <laughs> um, and you can do, you can position yourself well. You can market. You can throw everything you've got at it, and a book can still flop. Or a book that has received no support, no media, no nothing can take off in a day and become an international bestseller and get a, a movie deal two weeks later right like it, it can happen and it does happen and there's no way to predict which one is gonna be um you can you know, stack you know the deck but you can you can stack the deck all you you want but publishers one of their main gripes um is that they don't know what to publish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. They want information from indie bookstores to see what they're selling in order to know what to publish, which, mm-hmm. I mean, even with that information, you're... Oh, good luck. That's going to be nothing because it all depends on the neighborhood. Exactly. Also, a, a lot of indie bookstores, they don't they don't publish that data anywhere. <laughs> no, we and barely they, have that data. Exactly. And you can't, like, litmus test your, like like a census for all buyers of books everywhere trying to figure out what they're gonna buy and what they want it's just not possible they have the goddamn sales figures from what we purchased from them use that call it a day what how much are we purchasing how much are we returning there you go now you know what we're selling yeah i just i don't think it is a i think if you are somebody who's standing outside of the industry let's say a movie mogul you might look at books and think wow i know all these glamorous big name authors that make a ton of money that looks a lot like my industry i could do that let's get our little teefies in there right let's stick our little fingies in that wet hole um 
and they'll go and they'll they'll so they'll buy up the 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 publishing house and then they'll realize that this is a market that is so completely different and uncontrollable you it is not like movies it is not like cars it is it is not i'm sorry it's not books are honestly not money makers we also insist on a very specific model in the united states which is hardcover first and paperback well think of the nuance of that though right like that that alone that tiny fact alone that we know right is that uh books booksellers we get the hardcover and that the hardcover is uh like usually about a third you know it's it's usually like if a paperback is 18 bucks the hardcover will be 28 dollars right yeah yeah it's it's more or less um and uh we know right that uh about a year later they'll release the paperback to get another boost in sales inside baseball is that authors make more on royalties from paperbacks because paperbacks sell better and that uh, publishers can oftentimes use the release of a paperback as leverage to get something that they want from the author. Um, so <laughs> that means that they can keep a book in hardcover indefinitely as leverage. They also make more money off the hardcover. And things like nonfiction are kept sometimes in, in hardcover forever. Um, yes. So think think of that. Think of that weird little thing that we do in the United States. The miasma of of hardcover versus paperback. All of that, all of that information I just dumped on you. Now imagine trying to explain that model to somebody who makes movies and say, okay, that's just one little bit of what goes into how books are distributed in the United States. You know, they're also using, they're actually also using a failed movie model, right? Because, yes. like, if you think mm-hmm. of it in terms of, like, like going to theaters, initial ticket sales, right? That's the hardcover. Mm-hmm. That's where they make a lot of their money. Um, or at least they think they do. That's where the prestige is. And that's why publishing yeah. houses still really like it because it, f- it feels good, you know? Yeah. Like, smaller publishers. A hardcover is a, uh, that's a. That's that's a that's a book there. That's a yeah. book. There's there's yeah. I, I don't know why, but there's so many um smaller imprints now that are and smaller publishers that are like, oh, we had one hardcover that did well, so now they're all gonna be hardcovers. Yeah. And these guys, you know, we'd barely take a chance on their book because it's just more books we're not gonna yeah. sell. And now they're like, yeah. Oh, well, one worked, so we can do the other ones too. And I'm like, Nope, you can't, because I'm not buying it. No one else is buying it. Yeah. Like, you're basically delaying the inevitable, which is going back to paperbacks. And paperback is... Well, and also, I mean, just think about that. So that's a decision that's made for every, almost every single book, right? Like, not everyone gets a hardcover, don't get me wrong. But, like, if we're thinking about just in terms of scale, right? We're thinking of, we're just disregarding the books that go straight to paperback now. Um, Like, the nuance of the industry, like, how, the shenanigans of it. The shenanigan of... Being like, okay, yes, so thousands of books are published every single year, and most of those books are going to get a hardcover release, and then a year later, they're going to get a paperback release, and the royalties are different for each one, and you don't know which ones are going to actually sell. A lot of those are going to be returned, and also we're going to pay authors in four different installments, sometimes five, if we're feeling saucy, and also we're not going to promote half of them. Like, 
what is that insane fucking business model? So this idea, that is, that is the thing. This is a bad industry. <laughs> it is a stupid, bad, old, crusty ass industry. It make sense. I love it. I love it. I've dedicated my life to it at this point. But it's a crusty ass, needs some lotion, bitch. And she's not changing. <laughs> she's not changing. No one can change her. Paramount can't change her. KKR can't change her. My ass can't change her. Your ass can't change her. She's going to stand outside with her fucking cigarette in the nude and she's going to cuss your ass out. Okay? That's publishing. That's her. And I love her. Uh, uh, that's true insanity, guys. This is, this yeah, is. Yeah, it's a bad industry. <laughs> But well, we're still here, and we're still, we're still talking here. about it. Wait, have we, we talked about print runs? Uh, I don't know if we talked about print runs. The, I think maybe at some the point. majesty of print runs. No, <laughs> I mean my my broader point. We can talk about that, but I just want to wrap up here. My broader point Apologize. is that this is not an industry that makes money. This is an industry that is stupid down to its fucking core, and you to come at it from a venture venture capital point of view, try and turn a profit nice and easy, they're not going to do it. They're going to sell it for parts because they won't know how to, they're not going to care to learn how to navigate an industry that already doesn't make any fucking sense. So if you don't care about it at all, even a little, like hell you're going to learn. Oh, God. I wish everyone had video of your rant. I'm going to fucking fight. I'm I'm literally posted up on my own thighs I, I, right feel, now. You, I feel you. You're really, you're really tense. I didn't realize I like, interrupted you mid, <laughs> mid-mo. You, yeah, I've got like my, my, my shoulders are up by my fucking ears. Like it's a, it's a, you just, it's a stupid industry. It's a stupid industry. And if you don't love it, you're not going to bother to learn it. And if you're not going to bother to learn it, you won't know how to work it. Like you're just going to, you're just going to sell it. Like that's it. Cause, cause what else are you going to do? And that's exactly what happened with Paramount. And that's exactly what's going to happen with KKR, except they're not even going to make a passing attempt to actually do the industry thing. They are just going to get the money down on paper and sell it to somebody else. Ugh, I'm so worried for everyone who works there. It's so upsetting. And all of the authors who all who are with Simon Schuster, like they all got a terrible email today. That's such a bummer. So, sucks. It, it really sucks, suck. especially like right now in this age where everything is super uncertain and it seems like publishing is always on fire and at the same time people are fighting for their right to not have their shit used in AI, um, you know, databases and shit. Uh, On top of that now, (laughs) this huge publishing house, this huge legacy publishing house that has been around for many, 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 many years is being sold to this soulless automaton that's only going to try and turn a profit so they can sell it to somebody else. (sighs) I'm going to raise my glass. Yeah. Simon & Schuster. Simon & Schuster. You ugly bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants you. Uh, Yeah, honestly. Uh, Wow. Yeah. What happened to Toys R Us that was fucked up? That's fucked up. That's like, that's my childhood, man. Yeah, I mean, like, they... They didn't pivot to online like they should have. They they 
really, really dug in. And then when KKR sold them, they cut all costs and invested only in the company as it stood at the moment. So not to say they, they didn't actually invest in any like online commerce stuff. Um, they didn't try to make any improvements. They only tried to liquidate assets. Um, and then they sold it again after they could prove that they had, you know, it was technically worth more. And then immediately after they sold it, it had to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy because there was no money left. This is why we can't have Amazon. Because it's only going to be them after a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of, uh, apparently, a lot of stuff happened today. Well, so I mean, stuff's always fucking happening, which is why I've mostly been off the internet for the past month or so, which has been really lovely for me. Um, but uh, Jane Friedman, who's an author, uh, yeah. discovered that uh, her she had a bunch of books attributed to her on Goodreads that she hadn't written, which is not necessarily unusual. It's happened to me. Uh, authors who have the same name get misattributed because Goodreads is a fucking hell site. And how they differentiate whether uh, you are one author or another author, if you have the same name, is fucking insane. And that is that you get a different number of spaces between your first and last name. So first Abigail Kelly got one space. Second Abigail Kelly, me, got two spaces. And so on and so forth. Do they tell you that? So when, like, let's say you are, I don't know, making a listing for your own book where you then put your name and you see oh weird it populated my name with two spaces in between that's not right you delete one space and then you do the thing and then whoopsie that book doesn't belong to you it belongs to a different abigail kelly and then you have to go to a panel of fucking wizards to get them to fix your fucking book for you because it no longer belongs to you (sighs) anyway so it's not unusual um however (laughs) Mondays are hard days, you guys. Mondays are hard. Today was particularly hard. (laughs) Um, However, uh, Jane Friedman then went uh, onto Amazon and saw that not these books are actually attributed to her. Someone was writing under her name claiming to be her and uh, writing, writing, I say lightly, um, because they were using AI to, to make these entire books of just nonsense, nothing. Um, and she goes to have them taken down. She gets them taken down off of Goodreads. No problem. But Amazon says, oh, well, we're not going to remove them because your name isn't trademarked. Wow. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that precedent is... Imagine they're probably going to change their minds on that pretty soon. <laughs> oh, I really hope they're being sued for. I mean, wow. I mean by her publisher. Our, I. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually that's, um, that one's hard for yeah. me to process more, more than it Simon being broken up. That one. Yeah. Wow. I would never. I wouldn't think to copyright my Christian name, because uh, <laughs> I assumed. I assumed that that was just kind of mine, you know, that that was just mine because of because of how copyright does work, you know, that if I write something, then it is it is Abigail Kelly's. And if I don't write something, it's not Abigail Kelly's. And therefore, my name, Abigail Kelly, should, in fact, belong to me. And if 
It's not me. If it's a different Abigail Kelly, that's fine. As long as you can tell it's a different Abigail Kelly. But if you're saying that if you are Abigail Kelly, me, human Abigail Kelly, mother of Babs, that I wrote that book that I didn't write, that is clearly AI generated. That's great. That's cool. <laughs> Love it. Oh, man. Can oh, I write a also. deal? <laughs> uh, oh, sure, God. if you want to do the work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also today, it was found out that, uh, or I guess technically it started happening yesterday, but it really kicked off today. Uh, some fucking joker made a, uh, linguistic analysis AI where he uploaded 25,000 books he didn't own into it and then proceeded to make a website where you could see and search for every book that he'd used in it. And compare, basically, his premise was that um, it was supposed to help you learn how to write better because it would take portions of these books and compare them for, like, this was written in passive voice and this is written more vividly. Those are the words he used. Passive voice and vivid. Which, vivid is not... Uh Uh-huh. And, mind you, he uploaded the whole book... He only showed excerpts if you search them, but he uploaded the whole book and he documented this starting in 2018. He's been documenting this on his Twitter and on, in his blog of all of his crimes, all of his crimes. This um, is insane. And you might be asking, well, that's chat GPT, right? They've been uploading all sorts of books in there. Sure. Yeah. They don't typically tell you exactly what books they've put in there or um, have those books be I don't know, all of Nora Roberts' backlist. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I also had that reaction when I saw I, I saw Nora Roberts on there and I was like, oh, she's going to fucking punch your teeth out. You went for Nora? Yeah. You went for Nora. I, I honestly, I was like, you're going to get sued for sure. But like, there's only so many resources everyone has to sue all of this shit that keeps happening. Uh-huh. That was a bad choice, though. The only thing worse you can do is she who must not be named. Oh, she's in there. Is she in there? Yeah, she's in there. Oh, her They're lawyers. all in there. All of them. All of the big people are, like, literally, it's all famous people. Like, it's it's all heavy hitters um, and, like, bestsellers and shit. This is not, usually it's, like, indie authors who can't do anything about it. Right? Yeah. Um, he fucked up. These are all traditional pub. Buddy, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? The Authors Guild is now involved. Wow. Now, mind you, my Ah, the Authors Guild. I know, the Guild. Because we can't have a union. So horrifying. Um, Guess guess what, buddy? Guess what? Huh? Huh? He, uh... He claims that he he was not about to make uh, like a a chat generator from it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way. But also, he sold the program to companies, and he called it he called it Shakespeare, but spelled it S H A X P I R. Shakespeare. That is. Honestly, the worst fucking crime he committed. <laughs> what are you, Elon Musk? Like, fuck off right now. It's pretty, it's, 
It's, it's, it's, it's sure some. So he's being sued from both sides. Well, he's being probably sued stolen <laughs> from people whose work he stole in the publishers he didn't pay for this work. I mean, he stole from Stephen King, like all, all these people who are spitefully litigious I love um, it. and who have the money to burn. He pissed off and he claims to have taken the site down, which means fucking nothing because he still has the program and he still has sold the program. And yeah, he he's sold still it. Making money off of the program and he still has it um he could sell that to fucking mid-journey or chat gpt or whatever the fuck and then they would have they don't get twisted they almost certainly already have all of those books on there but you know what i'm saying like he has it still um and i want to see this man oh his name is benji by the way his name is benji i am absolutely going to be taking that name and using him as something terrible in my books because that's great uh i love to destroy a man um Benji, Benji fucked up. I don't think Benji Benji's fucked a man. up proper. He, I, how do you? He put it all on Twitter. He wrote it in a blog. People are so fucking just, stupid. I don't. How do you do that? You don't have. You don't actually have the freedom to do whatever you want with other people's work. <laughs> Shocking, oh, but it's I content. Know. It's just content. It's content, though. It's content. <laughs> Our lives are not content. <laughs> Our work is not content. It's not. It's super not. <sighs> I just fuck, man. It's just so grim, and and this and this dumb motherfucker, the righteous hand of God is gonna come down on him and smote him. Uh, I want to be that righteous hand. This is all I think about now. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, to take down fantasies. Like, what? I mean, come on, people. Yeah. Don't tell me that, like, half of your day after hearing horrible news is not then overridden by your brain just, like, screaming at this problem. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm... I, this is why I, I've, like, gotten off Twitter. I'm, I just recently got gently pushed into doing Blue Sky. I don't really want to be on any of them at all. I, I'm on Instagram because, like, I can really, really, really curate what I see. But I I don't think the human brain is designed to take the fucking kick in the nuts every single day that is, like, what's happening in the world. Yeah. And, like, a constant stream of people telling you all the worst things that are happening and saying, heartfelt, you need to care about this. You have to care about this. You have to care about this, 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 and this, and this. You need to know about it. You need to know about it all right now because if you don't, you're a bad person. Um, I don't think our brains are chemically <laughs> designed to take that level of dread and anxiety and guilt every single day in a constant stream. Um, like, I, 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 just, I just don't think it is. Um, and... It is not. Oh, uh, and I and I, I've had to I've had to like pretty much unplug from everything because I I I got to a point where I was so fucking bummed out. It 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 is at a certain point paralyzing, um, and yeah. you, it is worse to be paralyzed than it is to be so hyper aware of every bad thing that's happening. Um, I think because I 
you know that if you're paralyzed they win you can't do you can't do anything success there you can't fight it um and so there there definitely is a balance there that you have to strike and for me my in my mental health i was just like wow i think this is it i think i have to turn the faucet off yeah yeah no there's nothing we could do well i mean we all need to like consciously draw a line in what we consider to be Mm -hmm. like going too far (laughs) yeah i think you have to stand up for what you believe in yeah and you have to you have to make those choices for yourself you should be informed enough to make those choices you should not bury your head in the sand when confronted with those choices um and you have to be willing to be an asshole and you have to be willing to make people not like you and you have to be willing to give up friendships to stand up for what you believe in in this world where it's much easier to be apathetic um, which is what they want again they want you to be paralyzed and they want you to say oh too ah uh, too big for me too big for me yeah. i don't need to have an opinion i on can't that. do anything about it yeah like there's a difference between being so plugged in that you are destroyed yeah and being informed enough to make your own moral choice in the things that are going on in the world that matter and the people you support uh, yeah, and people you support. Um, now, here's the thing. Here's what I want everyone to remember. You don't need, if you are in a space where you realize that everyone agrees with you, probably, don't be a fucking asshole about it. Keep it in. Everyone knows. You're not, you're not, listen, I'm proud of you, but also keep a fucking lid on it, okay? <laughs> shut up. We all, gold star, you did it. Now, shut up. <laughs> All those fucking people come to the bookstore. I'd rather shop here than on Amazon. Okay. I thought that's where it was going. You're the fucking store, okay? I get it. All right. It is. It is. It's very sweet to hear, but um, once. Don't... Also, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back for it. Exactly. Like honestly, we're already grateful you came in. You don't have to point it out, and we don't need to. Like we'll. We are acknowledging every time you it buy It also a book. feels lightly like a threat, too. It does a little like when bit. Because when people are like, oh, I'd, you know, oh, so you can't get that book for me in the time I need it. Well, you know, I just would so much rather shop with you than with Amazon. I cannot tell you how many people ask us for permission to buy a book from Amazon. It's oh, yes. like, let me, oh, let me. Let me give you papal dispensation to yes. go buy on fucking Daddy Bezos' website. Yeah. They're like, I just, I really and try also and support cousin. you first. And I'm supposed to be like, thank you so much for trying to support us first. I totally understand that you have no other options because you need yeah. this book today and you didn't pre-plan. I understand. Yeah. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Like, what do you Thanks. want from me? <sighs> yeah. So, I, you know. Stand up for what you believe in. Be a good person. Put your money where your mouth is. And maybe also shut that mouth. Also, can we just acknowledge that writing books is its not content. It is art. Like, that's, that's the whole point of this. Like, have the, we, have we that's, lost and that's that? also, like, creatively speaking. This, this is, if we completely disregard the morality of it, the, the business aspect of it, all of that, the legality of it. This idea that you you need a machine 
to help you write because you're too lazy to do it. I'm sorry, creatively, we are, we are, we are, I, I can't stress this enough, so fundamentally incompatible because why are you doing it then? There's not enough fucking money in publishing to make doing this thing worth it. Unless you love it. Unless you love it. Unless you love the act of creating. I I am not somebody, and you know me, Kat, I am not somebody who's particularly sentimental about craft, right? Like, I love to write. I can't really do anything else. I've tried many times to do other things, and I just just keep coming back to it. (laughs) And so here we are. Um, But I'm not particularly sentimental. Like, it is a business. You need to treat it like a business. And a lot of times it sucks, but the thing that keeps you going is your love of the craft. Yeah. But also, you have to be smart about it. And you can't be too sentimental with it. Like, I have people who, when they see, like, um, like a, a pitch deck, right, for a, for a novel, and they see that, like, people who write out the synopsis and the audience for it and stuff, and they do, like, a little business plan for a book before they even start writing. I have people who are like, oh, that just really takes the magic out of it. No, it fucking doesn't. You look at it there, and you can say, okay, is this worth my time? Am I going to pour my heart into this knowing that it'll never sell? Yeah. Fuck no. Fuck no. I only have so much time, and I need to eat. I'd rather be writing a book that I love that I know is going to sell than a book that I love that I know is never going to sell. Right? So... Unless that's the book of your heart, you don't need to fucking write it. Write the other thing. Um, that's where I'm at. I'm not particularly sentimental. But then AI happened. And now I'm like, okay, now you got me fucking fighting. That's where the line <laughs> about, is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I keep thinking about the um, Brighter Strike. I really, yeah. I, I wish that people talked about it more. It's just, it's killing me. I mean, they talk about it on Twitter, but that's, you know, the place of doing it. I can't, so that's, that's we, guys, we got to yeah. stop doing Twitter. We just, we have I to know. stop. Let's, I'm, I know. I am totally fine. We have, we have created Twitter. It's a monster. I hate it. But like, let's keep the format. Let's just move it somewhere else. That's why Blue Sky is basically Twitter, but the app is so fucking crusty. It's almost unusable. I'm I'm so shocked that like we can't get like three smart people to get into a room and just decide to collaborate to like replace Twitter. That's also because fucking this all circles back around. This all circles back around to this idea of exponential profit. It has to be about making profit right now and making more profit every single year. It is not simply enough to break even. It is not simply enough to make something that is for the social good. These people need to make exponential profits. And so they can't fucking agree to just make something like that that won't turn a profit. And we know now, after many years of this stuff, that it won't turn a profit because they never do. Um, They can't do it. They won't do it. Yeah. That's where it all comes from. We just, it's, 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 uh, it's our capitalist society. This is, I got into an argument with my, uh, some relatives about this recently where we talked about all sorts of stuff. I mean, we've all been in the position where maybe we might be debating with the older generation and in the back Mm -hmm. of your head, you're like, this isn't going to go anywhere. 
why are you doing yeah. this? There's going to yeah. be no, no common ground really to sit on. Um, and then reparations were brought up. And that's when I like, it kind of like dawned on me that I was like, mm, okay, this is so divisive. This isn't going to yeah. end pretty at all. I'm shutting this shit uh-huh. down. Um, but at the end of me shutting it down was just like basically ranting in a hospital about how capitalism is like, yeah, just like broken and how it needs to go bye-bye. And I'm not saying that we can't do things for profit, but like we, we just need to change the whole well, system. That's like the one thing about publishing that has always kind of, I found endearing is that it's, it's a system that makes no fucking sense. Capitalistically, it's bad. <laughs> like it's it's a it's a terrible like it's not an efficient money maker. It never has been. No, it's been it's around for hundreds game. of years. Has it ever been good? No. So like I kind of love that. Like they're they keep trying to keep merging, getting bigger and bigger, and like hoping that that's gonna make them into as big as you know profitable as a big tech company or whatever. It'll never be that way because they refuse to change the other stuff. The, no. the actual industry is still exactly as it was a hundred years ago. So it's, it, you know, in that sense, I kind of love that, that uh, publishing is kind of a boulder in the stream, fucking everything <laughs> up. Like it just is never going to be good. It's always going to be that crusty naked woman standing on her lawn, smoking a cigarette, her hair in curlers, her coochie out. Like it's, she's always going to be fucking gross and you can call the cops on her as much as you want. They're never going to arrest her because you know what? They don't want to touch her. Yeah. She also has a great sense of humor, so you're not yeah, mad at it. She does. She's got some bad opinions, though. Boy, how she's got some bad opinions. She's got some bad opinions. Oh boy, don't yeah. don't ask her about Obama. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Man, this, well, is of, this is a fucking bummer of an episode, apps. That's why I told you you needed the drink. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're gonna talk about alphas and omegas. Oh, you had, you thought, you had such optimism in your heart. Yeah, you save all the fun uh, ones for me. I do. I wasn't, here's the thing, I wasn't planning on doing this, so. Yeah, fair. I understand. This, is, uh, this just happened. So, this is why that's I the can't. end of the episode. Oh, yeah? We're done? Yeah. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We can't. <laughs> There's nothing. We, we'll have to do a follow-up in the future. I mean, if the sale goes through and if, like, things start to add, we'll have we'll have to do a fucking grim follow-up <laughs> or maybe it'll be hilarious i don't know <sighs> yeah 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 i yeah maybe it will start doing a whole line of like books based on food or whatever or, or dollar store general dollar store general yeah. dollar general <laughs> yeah dollar general or uh toys r us we'll, we'll see how to liquidate assets. From I mean, Hasbro is like, what are they doing? What are they sign like they're doing 40 movies or something insane. Did you hear about that? Yeah. 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 All right, guys, All right. we like you, but. We don't like you that much. Not every you, toy needs a movie. They've learned nothing. They've learned nothing from the MCU. And that's, that's hilarious to me. Um, but if they can, if they can try and make. If they can try and capitalize and make those exponential profits, they're going to. Even though it's not a thing that's possible and failure is inevitable. We just need to be fucking faster, Abigail. Yeah. 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 We need to, you need to write more romance books so people are influenced to fuck faster. So they have more kids so they can sell things to more people. 
Did you know, did you know that I have published a book roughly every two months this year? Yes, you crazy person. I do know. I've seen you do it. I'm doing my part, cat. <laughs> you are. You're really doing the part. your part for the betterment of humanity and capitalism. And someone should really just give you like a little piece of that action as a thank you. <laughs> can I get a little, can I get a drop of Colleen Hoover, please? Just not even the whole thing. I don't want the whole no. thing. Just a drop. Just like a little bit. <laughs> <sighs> Shit. Well, you know. I'm not that far. Like I'm, I'm like literally one step removed from Colleen Hoover at any any time in my life. So that's you cool. are like every like so many people are though, and that's yeah. Because yeah. she's a, she's a self published author. I mean, thing is, it's a very small world, so you know everybody who knows everybody, and so like yeah. you are never more than one person removed from like maybe your favorite author once you like actually get in the community. Uh, it's it's a it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> But uh, speaking of your favorite authors, I'm going to be doing an event soon, October, in San Francisco. Come to it. We're going to be announcing the dates and stuff very soon, but it's going to be in October. It's going to be fun. Be a Q&A's. There's going to be signed books. There's going to be a signed book giveaway. And it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun to do that. Keep keep my eye out for that. Keep your head on a fucking swivel. (laughs) Oh, I guess I also have a book coming out. Shit. (laughs) You're really selling yourself very well right now, Abigail. I just spent this entire episode screaming and flailing. A lot of of high energy. up like I'm going to attack the computer. Um, You are much further back from the camera than you have been this whole episode. I'm trying to force myself to relax. (laughs) I'm just kind of slugging it now. You're like in a corner. Yeah, um, I'm just kind of leaning up against my pads here. Um, I also have my my elbows on on Brendan Fraser. Um, I feel like I feel like Brendan Fraser fucks with the cowboy hat on the daily. What? Anyway, hey, hold on, wait. What? This isn't about my book. Let me talk about my fucking book. <laughs> I got a book coming out. It's about Brendan Fraser. I got a book coming out. It's not about Brendan Fraser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it is called Vital. I think is oh, it's ow. probably it's probably my most ambitious one to date, oh. which is to say I got real weird with it, and it's got technically multiple timelines, but like it, 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 it don't worry about it. But it takes place in eighteen seventy for the most part, and um, it answers a lot of questions that people have had about the MPU that I've just been sitting on and had to endure as people were like. Meh, is this it? Is it? You get anything's wrong? And I'm like, no, it's not. And there's, it's not. Please stop. It's not. No, stop. Please stop. Please God, make it stop. Um, but here and, uh, now, all will be revealed. All will be revealed. Um, and I have a feeling that people are gonna yell at me. I also <laughs> have a feeling that people are gonna be like, uh, I'm gonna get those reviews that are like the world building is immaculate. The world building is the is the best thing I've ever read in my life. It's the most incredible book I've ever read. It's amazing. I die for this world building. Didn't really like the characters though, so I'm gonna give them three out of five. <laughs> yeah. Those are the best reviews. Are they? <laughs> 
it's it's gonna be a hoot and a half. Um, and that's that's all I'll say. It's gonna holler. You might even say it's a hoot and a half and howl. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I see what you um, did there. Uh, so it's coming out August 29th. Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, I hope people like it. It's a good time. It's hey, let me tell you this. If you think rabies is cool, you'll like my book. Cat, <laughs> don't rub your head like that. That's uh, what you do when I do it bad. <laughs> this, I mean, again, if you just knew the kind of random ass books that she buys, to then I think you use one, like, in a sentence or one plot point. It's like you're reading a whole textbook for this just one thing you just have to put in these books. And it's all weird. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I love rabies. I don't know about all y'all, but I'm very excited for some Sexiest rabies. disease. <laughs> hey, did you know that rabies makes men ejaculate constantly and so painfully that they dehydrate and then it contributes to how they die? Are you for serious? I'm for serious. Well, now rabies is sexy. You know some I mean, dom out there is like, yes. I I equated it in my Discord the other night. You should join my Patreon so you can be part of the Discord if you want conversations like this. But I explained there that it's like a cattle prod to the prostate level of constant ejaculation. <laughs> so that's what you can expect in vital. <laughs> that kind of research... And professionalism. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to have that in the shop, eh? <laughs> yeah, really. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. All right, Kat, do you have anything to plug? You, my love. That. Ooh, saucy. Yeah, it got Cattle a little saucy. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, Okay. Then, then tell them what you want to tell them about me, then. Uh, Abigail is just... Oh, no, no, no. Don't compliment me. No, no, no. Never mind. I'll end the podcast. Are you sure? Because yeah, I have I'm a lot sure. to say. No, it's okay. You know what the best part of uh, texting Abigail is just really expressing your feelings enough to make her feel really uncomfortable? And then just, like, tell her how amazing she is, how talented and smart, and then watch her shut the fuck down. It's incredible. I will just begin to send emojis. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I send a thumbs up to that heartfelt expression of affection? Yes, you can. Because it'll only make me go deeper and dig deeper into, like, the true feelings and love I have for you. I don't appreciate that. You're welcome. It's violent. It's violent against me. Yeah, but I have to get back to you somehow. That's true. That's true. I've tortured <laughs> you enough. This is this is my only weapon. Love. Who knew? Abigail's kryptonite. Well. That's what happens when you you're broken. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the episode. It's been so fun and cheery. <laughs> Enjoy, you guys. Have, the, have great dreams and or day if you're listening to yeah. this during the day. Yeah, have have fun thinking about capitalism. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. 
Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.